Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Caitlin James Podcast. This is a place where we like to empower small business owners to build profitable and purposeful businesses. And I'm excited to dive into this topic because I have put this topic away. I've I've put it on the shelf for years, and I, I just have thought I need to have several years to back up my opinion on this uh, and to see how this part of my life really unfolds. But what I want to talk about today is to really um, debunk the lie that I believe for so long that having children was going to be the worst thing that ever happened in my business. When in reality, I have found that kids have actually been one of the best things to happen to my business. And now if you're a parent in the throes of raising young kids, you may think, how in the world is that true? And I get it. There's a lot about having young kids that doesn't lend itself to be an easy journey to run a business and to raise them well. However, my hope is that sharing my story and some thoughts on this is going to allow you to, even in the moments where it's a struggle, to also make some changes and be inspired about how you can think about the season of your life differently and see a different perspective. So before I had kids, I was 20, Michael and I got married when I was 22. We had six years of being married without, without having children. And, um, and I feel like every year that we kind of thought about like, when is that going to come? I thought to myself like, well, I mean, the business is booming and you know, we need to wait until it dies down some. Well, the reality is It wasn't dying down. And I did get a lot accomplished before I had children. So that is a different part of my story. Um, Some people are starting their businesses and diving into their entrepreneurial journey as they're becoming parents. And that is very, very hard. But I want to share my perspective and and my side of the story, because I think it offers a little bit of hope and a little bit of um, a perspective that's pulled back that may help you operate in your day-to-day life with children, with your business simultaneously. So before I had kids, I was 28 when I got pregnant with Evie, our first. And um, before I had her, this, this is a list of things that I believed. I believed that kids were going to make it impossible for me to scale my business. So if I, ha- if I wanted to scale my business, make it more profitable, and, and get my work hours down, all of that was going to happen without them. And kids would kind of crush that dream. I wouldn't have the capacity to scale it and grow it. I would just be stuck where I was and I would it wouldn't change. I also believed that having kids would be the end of my entrepreneurial life. You know, that it's going to be demanding. It's going to consume everything. And I'm going to lose the, the part of me that supports our whole family. I'm going to lose the part of me that I love so much in business. I also believed that I would not be relatable anymore. I believe that I wouldn't have the capacity to do anything and I would lose who I was. Now, out of that list of all the things that I anticipated happening when we had kids in the realm of our business, one of those things did happen. One of those things I did experience and it was a fear. I'm going to break down which thing it was and which struggle came at me first, but then I'm going to break down why it was actually a blessing. So when I became a mom, I kind of had this unique experience at the end of my first pregnancy. It was not an easy pregnancy. I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Little did we know, I also had a rapidly growing tumor inside, literally inside the knuckle of my right hand 
and it was affecting my index finger on my right hand. So if you are a photographer, think about how you hold your camera and think about your right hand and what you do with your right index finger. You literally, that's that's the moneymaker finger. That's the finger you can't lose. And here I was, I found myself eight, nine months pregnant in an oncologist uh, department at a hospital meeting with a surgeon who was like, we got to get, we have to have surgery or else you're going to have to have this amputated. You're going to lose this entire chunk of your hand. And um, I remember specifically sitting in this doctor's office, so pregnant, just heard I have a tumor in my hand. We don't know if it's cancerous. We don't know anything. We just know it's a tumor. It's eating away at the bone of my knuckle. And it's gotten so big that it's cracked the knuckle and it's seeping out through the crack. And that's where all the pain was coming from and why my entire hand was so swollen. So I remember thinking, it's odd that this doctor, he was literally trying to tell me it's not that big of a deal if you just lose a big chunk of your hand. And that most people that are missing their index fingers, people don't really notice all that much. And I'm like, there's no way for you to tell me this is not odd, right? Thinking about amputating a part of your hand is terrifying. So I left that appointment with a scheduled surgery the next week. I went in, had to stay fully awake. All this to say, I was in a cast up to here and I could not work for the last month of my pregnancy. And I was still blogging, creating content. I still had this mindset of like, I've got to do, do, do. Like that is, that's my contribution. And it will always be that way. And if I want to be successful, I've got to keep operating like a soldier and just keep pushing, pushing, pushing and never let my guard down. And it was very unhealthy. What happened that last month of pregnancy is I believe that God used my tumor and used my surgery and used that entire situation and very hard into a first pregnancy to break me of a workaholic tendency that I needed to be broken of before I became a mom. And I think that even if I hadn't have had the issue with my hand, I think I still would have been broken of it because I loved Evie so much. The moment, you know, they say, uh, you know, you're, you have a baby and, um, the moment they're on your chest, like your life changes, not everyone has that experience. I a hundred percent did. And so I think Evie would have changed my life enough to where I would have broken some bad habits. But this situation with the tumor and the hand and the surgery and not being able to like even lift my hand for a whole month, definitely not working on a computer. It, it catapulted me into a season of reformation. And I didn't even realize I needed that but I think God did. And I think it was powerful in the way it was all timed out. I had friends, thanks to Abby Grace. She's still a dear friend of mine. She actually had friends schedule guest blog post on my blog for me so that I could continue to have content because she knew how important that was to me. And to this day, it, was, it still means the world to me that she did that. But I left that season, became a mom. And I realized that at, of those list of things that uh, I struggled with, the one thing that did happen to me, only one of them happened, one of my fears came true, was that I did completely lose myself. And I remember uh, trying a lot of things to find myself, right? I I had my website redone and like cried with Jen Olmstead sitting at my counter like, this is beautiful, like this is what I needed. I was going through a very hard transition of trying to imagine myself as this new person. I have this whole new side of me that I don't know what to do with. I love being a mom. I love being Evie's mom. And I also love being a business owner that's known for getting stuff done and like being so on top of her game. So these these are the thoughts that came to me in the season of when I was losing myself. Um, I just started saying things like, 
I don't know what my role is. I don't know. I don't really know what my strengths are. I don't know what I'm even good at teaching. I don't feel like I'm the best at anything anymore. And I had been for so long. I'm like, I'm not the main leader in our section of the industry anymore. I'm not inspired. I feel torn. I feel overwhelmed. I don't really know who I am. And then I have on here question mark. Was it postpartum depression? Maybe it was, or maybe it was just a natural transition into a new season of my life. It didn't last forever. I didn't stay there, but I realized that was a huge shift that changed to me, but it was the only negative shift out of that whole list of things that I was terrified about that actually came to fruition. I went on then after Evie, and if you've ever heard our story, you know what I'm about to say. She was eight months old when we were, oh my gosh, surprised and pregnant with our second. And we were shocked, but we loved being parents. We loved Evie. We're like, this is going to be, it's going to be just fine. We got really excited and we're so grateful for him. And then we found out that he was very, very sick at our 20 week ultrasound. And so it's almost like I went from, oh my gosh, I don't think I could ever be a parent to, I'm so thankful for this baby. My life has been changed. Oh my gosh, we've been given another one. And then we went through the hardest season of our entire life. And that was like my hand situation with times a hundred. Like my hand situation taught me, it gave me like this tiny little glimpse of struggle um, with the tumor and the surgery and the breaking me of my workaholism. And then we, I was carrying a, a dying child for three, a little over three months. I was, you know, carrying a baby that was not going to survive. And we, you know, ended up bearing a, a child that we never got to raise. It was horrible. It's like a parent's worst nightmare. But I realize now looking back, all of this works together to a beautiful story of helping me realize what God had for me in the next season of my life. So my hand tumor broke me of workaholism and losing a child realigned a lot of values and a lot of perspectives and priorities in my life. I went from not working for a month before Evie was born to not working for half a year when I was dealing with carrying a baby that was dying from complications from Down syndrome. All of those fears that I mentioned at the beginning, shouldn't my business have shut down in 2018? Shouldn't it it had been one of our low years, right? Because I didn't show up. I mean, I did when I had to. I shot one wedding while I was carrying James after I knew about his condition, uh, and that was very hard. But I had just launched a membership right before that, and it was going decently well. Somehow, even in the midst of the craziness, that we were living through in our personal life, we still somehow had to this day, our best financial year ever. 2018 was the best financial year of my business, a lifetime, best financial year. Even since then, like we just wrapped up, you know, our 2022 year, it was a great year. 2018 was still better than last year. And I, I I don't even know how to explain it still to this day. uh, Our consultant doesn't even know how to explain it. It was such a gift. It was such a gift and it was a miracle uh, in a lot of ways, but I learned so much from that. And I learned that, you know what, maybe when people talk about growing and scaling a business and maybe when they talk about having priorities and like not working yourself to death, that you could actually make more money if you stopped killing yourself in your business. Maybe there was some truth to that because I was forced to step back. I was in a life's crisis that required me to refrain from being a workaholic and not go back to those old patterns. I couldn't. I was barely just trying to get out get out of bed in the morning and, and keep my daughter alive and make her feel normal in the midst of a very 
abnormal season. And yet I feel like there was a, a part of me that felt like God honored that, the rest and the taking a step back and the trust and the, I, I can't do anything. And, and I remember being in that season and thinking to myself, this isn't what I expected from, from many different perspectives. Didn't expect to carry a baby that would be so sick he wouldn't survive. I didn't expect to have two kids within, you know, like 18 months. I didn't, I also didn't expect to be learning so much about myself and how I handle and prioritize work two years in, not, not even two years in to becoming a parent. All right. So I have shared with you the fears. I gave you that whole list. And then I explained a little bit of the beginning of our parenting journey. Um, we, we, you should know I'm, I'm currently 36, 37 weeks pregnant, uh, with our fifth baby in, um, a little under, under six years. And it's been a lot. We lost a child, but carried him um, almost to the end. I was the size of carrying a baby to the end because of his um, complications. So a lot of water retention and it it was bad. Uh, I've been through a lot. My body's been through a lot. I personally have been through a lot and my business has been through a lot. So let's think through, okay, Caitlin, you had a baby in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. (laughs) And then now I'm having our last child um, at the beginning of 2023. So that's even just saying that sounds like a lot. So how in the world could my business not have fallen apart? I'm going to break this down. This is what my my fears were, and this is what it actually turned out to be. I was afraid I couldn't scale it. We have 3X our income and 3X our team since I became a mom. I would even say 3X is not quite even sufficient. We, we've probably done even more than that, if I'm being very specific. Another fear was that this would be the end of my entrepreneurial journey. It's actually the beginning of a brand new season of my entrepreneurial journey that I didn't think was even possible. The reason why I think this happened is because I have never had someone so dependent on me. Now I have three people, almost four people that are very dependent on me. And it's not a dependency that is a monetary, I'm not making that comment from a monetary perspective, like financially, I've got to support them. As a mother, I need to be able to connect. I want to know everything going on in my child's head. My six-year-old, she's learning so many things. I got to have time to connect with her in her bed every night and hear, talk to her enough to get to a place where she shares how she's really doing. And that, I don't know how many of you have uh, girls that are the oldest. Maybe it's just a heavy thing, but it it takes a while, right? I can't just sit down with her for 10 minutes and be like, tell me your deepest, dar- darkest part of your heart. I want to know everything. I want to help you. I want to pray with you. The, the parts of her that I really want to connect with, I have to spend an enormous amount of time getting to the place where she's feeling like she can share it. And that is what I mean by depending. Someone, I I have to connect with these children and be there and guide them and teach them and raise them. It is a level of responsibility like I have never experienced before. I feel like it has opened up a part of my entrepreneurial mind that was not accessible before them. Before them, I was not thinking as strategically I wasn't thinking about scalability. I wasn't thinking about my contribution and how much I would have to give in order to scale. I just was not quite as creative entrepreneurially, is that a word, 
because the pressure wasn't there. So the pressure of becoming a parent was actually what catapulted me into a new season of being able to see scalability in a new way. I'm sorry I'm so long-winded, but this is, I've thought about this for a long time. So I'm just trying to share everything that's tucked in my mind. Okay. I was fearful, this is another thing, (laughs) that I would not be relatable. The reality was, I am more relatable now to my audience than I ever have been because now I'm not just a young married photographer. I'm a middle-aged photographer. Middle-aged photographer. Oh, it sounds awful. I'm a middle-aged photographer that has children, that's running a business, that is profitable, even though I have so much responsibility. And the majority of our tribe and our audience and the people that we love serving are in a very similar place. Not everybody, but a lot of them are. And so what I thought would make me feel unrelatable is actually the very thing that made me connect even deeper with our audience because I was on the same playing field with them. So when I talk about turning a wedding around in seven days, photographers can't say to me anymore, well, that's because you don't have kids. You can do that because you don't have kids. Well, now I almost have four of them. And 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 I have still figured out how to do my system. So I feel like there is so much about my life that I thought I was going to lose. And when instead it changed tenfold, it was enhanced tenfold. So I did not lose my relatability. If anything, that has scaled much bigger than I ever imagined. I thought I would not have the capacity to do anything. I will be so honest with you, 70% of my week, I still feel that way. I still have that fear, but I will tell you something. I am amazed at what I'm able to get done because I have such limited time. I'm also amazed at what I was not able to get done back in the season of my life when I had endless time. Like what did Michael and I do when we had work days at home and we had no kids? I'm like that. Oh my gosh, there was so much freedom. I just baffled, baffling. What do I do now? Well, now I have some childcare and my sister. So my sister has uh, the same amount of kids as I do. Um, as of right now. And I, that means there are a lot of very young kids in our home every single day that need to be cared for. So we spend a small fortune on childcare, um, like over six figures a year, just on paying for childcare. And that is an astronomical amount of money, but it's also six kids, five and under now six and under. So it's, that's a lot and it is a lot of childcare, but I will say there have been so many seasons. Uh, my mom is the main source of childcare for us, and she's had to have two surgeries this year. So we've had months and months this year where we lost Mimi. We didn't have her. We had to pivot. We had to rearrange. We had to find new help. We we had to have weeks where we just didn't have any help. So we worked at nap times. We worked after bedtime. We found ways to fit in the work. And when we actually did sit down to work, we had to stay focused. We had to get it done because we didn't have another window of time until tomorrow at 2 p.m. when there was another nap. When it comes to, I won't have the capacity to do anything, that is accurate. I sometimes feel like I don't have the capacity to do anything. And every time I feel like, oh, I do have the capacity to do something, a kid comes home sick from school and you're like, oh my gosh, the next three days are shot. But because of that loss of capacity, the small windows that I do have are more productive than they ever looked in the past. That has changed my perspective on what I'm capable of. It has also allowed me to pay attention to other businesses and get to know other business owners that run seven-figure businesses and realize 
Some of them are only working two days a week. How do they do that? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to dive into and feel like, okay, this is my contribution. Everything else has to go to someone else. So we've learned so much about being efficient with our time. And we were never forced to do that until, quite honestly, until we had more than two kids and started having a season of like, they're in preschool, they're in big kids school, all these germs, and now everyone's sick all the time. And oh my gosh, we don't have any time to work. And we have learned how to, I sometimes we don't feel like we're managing it very well, but we have learned how to make time for the most crucial parts of our business. And the other parts that weren't necessary have honestly disappeared. They had to die because it, they had to die because there was not enough room at the table for them uh, because of our life situation. So another thing that I thought I was going to lose is that I did lose who I was. That did happen. But in some ways, I would reframe it to say I, I lost who I was because I had to be made new. I had to become something totally different than I ever was before in order to be an entrepreneurial mom that could be successful and also have balance in her life and joy in her life. So did I lose myself becoming a mom? Yes, I definitely did. I cried many, many tears over like, who in the world am I? Am I? Do I still have my gifts? Am I still KJ? Can I still help people? I don't know. But what I know now looking back is that what God was doing is he was reforming me. He was recreating who I was because he was ready for me to be a different Different person. And isn't that the story of our life? I mean, if you're a believer and, and you know the Lord and you have a relationship with him, you know that scripture tells us we are literally called to be constantly renewed, becoming more and more and more like Jesus as we get closer to the day where we get to go to heaven. And if that is a journey and a goal of my life, then I can see so clearly how God has taken a very successful business and beautiful children, and he has remade a woman from a very crazy season, and I'm all, I'm all the better for it. I'm a better version of myself than I ever have been. So did I lose the old KJ? Yes. We call, we call her KJ 1.0. KJ 1.0 was a workaholic, and then KJ 2.0 was, you know, having kids and changing her ways. And, and I think we're getting closer to KJ 3.0, where we're done having kids, and we are raising a family and becoming intentional, even more intentional with our time and very intentional with our business. And, and we are taking away and pulling apart and getting rid of all the parts of our life that don't help us get to a place where we ultimately have a vision of being. So is it a bad thing that I lost myself? It, di- it did seem like it was pretty bad in the moment, but now I realize I want that to continue. And, and that's a painful and very risky thing to say. But I, I honestly, genuinely can say, after the experiences of the last five years, uh, I want to continue to be renewed and made new through the process of becoming more like Jesus, because I know that ultimately that is the life that I want. Right? I don't want to be the same woman forever. I don't want to be the same mom forever. I, I want to be transformed. Like I want to grow, but that is painful sometimes. Okay. So anyway, I'm rambling. Um, I, <laughs> so this is what I know now. These are the points. If, we, if you want to take away some points from this to take to your life, whether you know the Lord, whether you believe in it, that's fine. You can just leave that over here. At least listen to this part. Okay, so maybe you are in a season where you're thinking about having kids and you're like, I can't, I'm going to lose it all. Uh, Maybe it's encouraging. Like I literally felt the same way. Uh, Maybe you're in a season where you have kids and you're like, I have lost it all. (laughs) 
I can't do this anymore. Uh, and I want this to be an encouragement to you that I have felt like that. I feel like that at least once, twice, maybe three times every single week. And But it's not true. It, what else could be true? Could it be could it be true that you can be a parent and you can be an entrepreneur, but it's going to look differently than you ever imagined? Or could it be true that you can be a parent and an entrepreneur, but there are some serious changes that have to take place, not just in like your workflow and your systems and your like all the things are great. But if your mindset is still in a place that it was before you had kids, then you are constantly going to feel like a failure. And the concept of maybe I can't even do this is going to come more come up more often because you are constantly trying to be the person that you were before you had children. You have to allow yourself to be remade. You have to allow yourself to be transformed. And for, for me, that is a spiritual part of my life. I know that God is reshaping who I am and teaching me new things and renewing my mind. It's literally in scripture. He talks about like um, th- that we are called to constantly renew our minds in order to grow into who we're called to be. So for me, that's where my growth is coming from. Maybe your growth is coming from somewhere else, but no matter where it's coming from, I want you to listen to what I know now and the tips that I have. So what I know now is that I have to be extremely focused extremely focused. I've never had so much pressure to be extremely focused. And the more focused I get, I think, oh, there's no way that I can get more off my plate. I am constantly finding ways to get things off my plate. It's amazing. It's like I used to think outsourcing was just like, oh, someone will edit for me. And then someone will maybe look at my emails. People do everything for me now. I mean, we just practiced um, outsourcing laundry the other week. We're like, we'll just see what happens. Like when maybe there's a way to make it a business expense. Just kidding. But I don't know, maybe so. I feel like there's so much to learn and you don't know what you don't know. So if you say like, I'm already extremely focused, you probably aren't. You probably are not as extremely focused as you could be. Because what I have found is that people think that they have, they can't be more focused. They can't rein in their highest level of contribution in their business anymore are normally the people that have blocked out like, no, I've done enough. And there's really so much growth waiting for them. Okay. So I can't try to do everything under the sun. I have to do only the Caitlin must do things. I am the visionary. I am the content creator. I am nothing else in this business. I can't be anything else in this business. Those are my two highest level of contributions. And I and I have to live into those things incredibly efficiently and I have to get rid of the, the rest. So what does that mean? That means that I'm only in the inbox once a week. And do, sometimes do people suffer with that? Sh- sure, because sometimes I'm a little delayed, especially if we have a sick kid. But I will tell you, I have a team of people that help with the urgent requests and it works. And so that's an example of me being extremely focused. I'm a visionary, I'm creative, and I create the content. Those are my things. That is how I contribute. I am the face of the business, but I don't need to be creating everything with my face on it. I don't need to be designing every graphic that you see go out in an email or on Instagram. I don't need to be editing every single wedding. I don't need to be mailing out our client gifts for weddings that we're shooting. That doesn't have to be me anymore. So I had to get extremely focused. Another thing that really shifted for me um, was that my priorities had to switch. My priorities had to be rearranged. So when you're forced to be focused, your priorities naturally float to the top. The cream, the best cream of the crop just always rises to the top. And, And I've seen that so much in my business. So the things that I had to do 
became very obvious that I had to do them and other things, like I said before, just kind of melted away. They're not a part of my business anymore. Um, series that we had on our blog posts, some things that we were doing on Instagram, some, we, we have gotten very strategic with how can we use our time and use our time wisely? Because my good friend Shay always talks about Shay Cochran. She said in a podcast episode recently, and she says all the time, a lot of times entrepreneurs, 80% of the time entrepreneurs are wasting their time. They're doing things that don't actually really matter. They're making reels for two hours a day that don't actually bring them business. They are freaking out over things and micro editing images that no one can even tell what they did. Like 80% of their time is a waste. 20% is actually producing a hundred percent of their revenue. So how can I figure out what my 20% is? And I am constantly reevaluating that. So I noticed what I shouldn't be doing anymore. My sister became the CEO It sounds funny because I feel like she's been the CEO forever, but she hasn't. There was a season in my life after having Evie where I realized I'm actually not good at at managing all this. I'm actually not good at thinking about, should we have a team meeting? I'm not good at checking in with people. I'm not good at even looking at tasks and figuring out, oh, we should have like a marketing task group and and an operations task group. My mind doesn't work like that. I always thought it did, but it doesn't. Turns out I'm actually not a great CEO. Turns out I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a creative and I have great dreams. But being a CEO was not something that my giftings fell into. That that category was not for me. My sister, on the other hand, can make lists in her sleep. She dreams about spreadsheets. I mean, she's a different breed of person than me, and it works perfectly. When I handed over the roles of for her to be the CEO of the business, everything changed. That was an example of me sw- shifting priorities. Do I need to be in, in charge of everything? No. So I'm actually in a situation, it's quite funny. I'm in a situation where I own my own business. I have so much freedom, but I actually do have a boss, <laughs> and, and I made her the boss of me. And it works really, really well. So another thing that I learned in this season about discovering priorities, I learned what I was actually truly good at and what I'm not good at. And I started using more of my attention towards finding ideal clients and who really wanted us and who just wanted a basic photographer or who really wanted to learn from us and who would never really be the right student for a KJ education world. So I got very clear about my ideal client because I knew that it was getting into the whole 80% wasted time territory to just try to reach the general masses. That's not what I want. That's not what I need to spend my time doing. Last but not least, actually not last, there's two more things. Here's another thing that I learned in this season. My return on investment matters greatly. It matters more now than ever before. So I started saying no to things in the season of becoming a parent um, that seem like really good things. And they are really good things. But when you really look at the ROI, when you really look on like, what is this bringing me? It, It wasn't enough to say yes to things. I did less conferences. That sounds awful. I mean, people that host conferences are just some of the best people in the industry. But me being gone for several days, sometimes getting paid, sometimes not, maybe it's a couple thousand dollars, leaving the kids, spending all that time with prepping a new presentation, it wasn't worth my time. I could give a presentation at home and it could reach 20,000 people, or I could send it out in an email and reach 150,000 people. And I could do a little ask in there and and make $20,000. Whereas I'd go to a conference and be gone for days and I'd come home after expenses and I made maybe 1,800. So conferences for me became less, not less important. Conferences became less of a priority. And it was because my children had, had 
shifted my priorities. Less conferences, less paid partnerships with other people that didn't fit to the overall goals of the business. You people would say, hey, could we like, you know, collaborate on this? I'm like, yeah, in the past. And now it's like, no, I don't have, I don't have the capacity to. And it's not because I'm a rude person. It's because as a business owner, uh, it's not wise for me. I don't need it financially. And I don't have the time to write up a whole email sequence and, and fit everything together. It's just not wise in the season, maybe in the future. But right now, I'm not spending my time traveling to conferences, maybe a few here and there as my kids get older. But in this season, they're not a super high priority. Um, and then less partnerships. But I did find more partnerships for things that did fit the overall goals of my business. I did hire and bring in some some contracted workers that I could see the value of them working for me and doing work for the business and the brand. So instead of just taking anything like, oh, someone emailed about like doing like this, you know, this kind of giveaway thing on Instagram, (laughs) I can't do it. I'm not going to do that. But someone also emailed me and will say, hey, I really love being creative with reels. I don't know if you have time in your business to do that. And I knew this person trusted them. Uh, And so I have someone that helps me make reels sometimes. And that's great. Why? Because reels for me falls into the category of 80% of my time that's not going anywhere. Reels are helpful and they can be fun and helps your Instagram account grow. But really figuring out the ROI on a good reel uh, is very hard to do. So do I need to be doing it? Sure. I think it's very necessary, but I don't have to be doing it. Someone, I have so much content. Someone else could be taking my content and making reels. Last but not least, when I talk about ROI really mattering, I had to play more, I had to pay more attention to the numbers. So what was converting and what wasn't? What emails were working well and what emails were not even being opened? Also, what emails were not even being delivered? On the education side of our business, there was a lot happening that was not producing anything. It was just a mess. So we had to get clear on our ROI. And once we did, um, things started to change when it comes to profitability. We were putting our effort and cleaning up our system in a way that it was very streamlined and very purposeful instead of just a bunch of old stuff pieced together that didn't really have a purpose. Now everything works together and it has a system and a roadmap and people are led through an educational process online that ultimately leads to giving them the product that they need in order to grow on their photography journey. So all of that clear, clear, so all that clarity came from having kids and having to be really, really conscious of where is our money actually coming from, getting clear on the exact ROI. So last but not least, something else that has allowed me to thrive in a season of having a very successful uh, seven-figure business with so many young children is that I was completely broken of my workaholism. Something mattered more to me. And it's not that Michael did not matter more to me in that season, but there is a very apparent cost to being disconnected to your children. Being and, and the same is for your husband, but I can communicate with him and we are still recovering and still working through uh, struggles that came from a season of where I was just consumed with the business. I didn't even want to go on vacation with him because I was so business obsessed. And it's so sick to even say that, but that was, that was my reality. And we are still working through the damage that that caused. But Michael is a grown adult and I am constantly we are working together to restore that part of our relationship and our marriage, and we're going to be just fine. The, the damage that can come from not being a present parent is very, very scary. The, uh, the, the cost of not being someone who is in tune with their children is I'm just not willing to risk that. 
I have grown grown up a lot since the season of being super, super obsessed with my business and being a workaholic and, and, you know, not making the time that I should have for Michael. I have grown up a lot since then and children made me grow up. I, um, Jordan Peterson talks about how, like, if you want to see someone grow up, they have to have children. They have to have someone depend on them. I think I would go so far as to say that I don't really feel like I was fully matured as an adult until I recognized that life was not all about me or my business or my success. It's about loving other people more than myself. It's about giving of myself. And my children made that a part of my life. And they changed that part of me. And because of that, the ripple effect of that is that my business has grown and scaled beyond anything I ever imagined. And I feel like in some ways it's God saying like, thank you. Like you're finally, (laughs) your priorities are in a more natural order. And if you just trust me, I'll show you that there can be a lot of blessing in not fighting so hard, not striving so hard. Like, sure, if I was still in hustle mode, do you think I could actually make more money? Well, I definitely, I bet I could, but I would lose something so precious in the process. And I'm not willing to do that. Having a business, having children over time truly broke me fully of workaholism. I I know that I have 12 years with Evie still under our roof. That's it. 12 years to be your mama and her come home from school and come home to me. And that is flying by so quickly. 12 years is not that long. It, it, it seems like nothing. I have a visual now with my children of what I could so easily lose. And it forces me to remind myself that the business is a very small part of my life. It is a big part of my financial life and I do make time for it. And I currently am recording this podcast episode while my two-year-old plays with someone that is not their mom. And some days I have guilt over that. And some days I feel like, gosh, I should be up there with him. Like he's going to change. He's going to be in preschool in six months and I'm going to lose him too. So I'll go upstairs and play with him for 20 minutes and I'll, I'll make a, a memory with him and I'll have time with him. It is just this, it's this constant balance and that is healthy. It's healthy. And if I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, I don't think I could have kids. Like, I don't know how we do it all. I don't know how I do it all either. But I'll tell you this. It is, I'm a healthier version of myself. I'm a more exhausted version of myself. But when it comes to priorities and what I want for my life and what I want for my business, I'm, I'm in such a healthier place than I was before. KJ 1.0 was super successful, but super one-track minded right? I I had one track mind. I wanted to help people and serve people and love people. And I did that at the expense of a lot of things in my personal life. KJ 2.0 is KJ as a mom that recognizes what KJ 1.0 was missing out on. And so my encouragement and my hope is that listening to this episode where I talk through all the things I used to believe, all the crazy things I thought would happen to me when I had kids actually didn't happen. In fact, other things happened that were greater. Other things happened that changed my life for the better. And I can be, it is possible. I'm living proof that you can be a very successful entrepreneur and be a mother to multiple children. Someone said you truly can't have it all. Someone was like, I mean, if you really get honest, you cannot truly have it all. And I would 100% disagree with them. I would say you can have it all if you change your mindset about what it all is. Because for me, running a successful business, I'm not the best at everything anymore. 
I'm not the most up to date on everything anymore, but I've gotten through that. I've gotten clearer about my gifts. I've gotten clearer about what my contribution is actually as an educator. Um, And I don't have to worry about teaching things I don't really care about teaching about. It's been a beautiful transitional process for me. And and I hope for some of you who are terrified of having kids, that it's just going to wreck you. It will. There's no lying about that. It will wreck you in multiple ways, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I will say this, you can't understand that until you have the joy of seeing your little person in, in your arms in real life and, and loving them. It, I did not understand it until I had a little person depend on me and they were in my actual life, not carrying them around in my belly, but actually here with me. It's something shifts. All you can see if you have never experienced being a parent is the work of being a parent. And you see people love their children and you see people enjoy their children. But until you have that person in your arms, it is very hard to understand the joy and why people would sacrifice so much. So this is just me basically fleshing out the thoughts of what I used to think about being a parent and an entrepreneur and the realities of what what does it actually feel like for me as a parent? and an entrepreneur. What is actually possible? Can you really have the best of both worlds? People say it's not possible, but I I truly think it is. You've got to define what the best of both worlds looks like. So for me, um, I have to realize that for me, uh, working maybe three or four hours a day on the weeks when my kids aren't sick, um, that is living the entrepreneurial dream for me. And I, what can I get done that only I can do in those four hours, five days a week, um, to be able to keep this ship afloat. What can I do to stay creative? What can I do to contribute? What is my role? And I've gotten so clear in that. And I've also realized um, that I've had to really define what I want with my children. Uh, I have decided that I love that they see me work. I've decided that I think that it's important for Evie to watch reels um, where I'm sharing pieces of my heart and using my life and my story for a greater purpose. I, I think that's important for her to see. But I also know that I don't want her to see it and feel like she, it was at the expense of her time with me. So I have standards and and hopes and kind of, um, you know, expectations of how I show up as a parent with her. And so um, for me, I connect with her every night at bedtime. And for some parents, um, if you don't get clear about when you're going to connect, you can very easily be scrolling on Instagram and just be bombarded by all these things that you shouldn't, shouldn't do as a parent or as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. You're like, I'm, I guess I'm doing it all wrong. I just focus on what my definition of how I want to connect with my kids is. I, I know Evie and I connect at bedtime. Graham and I connect sometimes at bedtime, but a lot of times it's in the afternoons for 10 minutes. My friend Nancy Ray talks about this. It's so helpful. She talks about how 10 minutes of undivided attention with each child every single day is enough for them. Not that you want that to be your only connection, but if some days are crazy busy and you feel like, I don't know if my kids even feel connected to me, 10 minutes of undivided attention with them leading, what do you want to do? Let them tell you what they want to play with. Get down at their level and don't have your phone anywhere near you 
and just be with them, that is that will make more impact than anything else. Um, so the reason I tell you that is because if you want to have it all, you want to be the entrepreneur and you also want to be a really great parent, then you have to define and get very clear on what does having it all look like? Because if you don't get clear, then someone else in some other influence is going to define that for you. Something you see on Instagram, some account you follow, some other mom you follow, their standard of what is the best of both worlds, that's going to become yours and you may not be able to reach that. So for me, I've tried to get very clear about when do I want to connect with each kid? When Graham goes to preschool, I have like an in-between time of like 15 to 30 minutes with Rhett before childcare shows up, before I come down to this place and start working. And so that's my time with Rhett. So I have to get very clear about how to make the dream happen so that I also don't get swallowed up in the sea of self-pity of like, I don't have time for anything. I Sometimes I truly don't have time for a lot of things. You can ask some of, some of my team members. Sometimes I drop the ball. But when I know what the definition of what having it all looks like for me, it removes a lot of the pressure and a lot of the dissatisfaction and a lot of the guilt that a lot of entrepreneurs that are also parents deal with. So I have lowered my standards as far as capacity with my business, but I've also raised them with my contribution has to be worth it. So I'm doing more of what I love. I'm doing less of what I don't have to do, and I'm actually working less. And as a parent, I have gotten very clear on what I want my contribution to be and my connection points with my kids. And I also have found myself being able to enjoy being a parent more when I stop living my life through the lens of what, what should I be doing? Am I doing enough? Am I in a good place compared to somebody else? I'm not really sure. If you, if you don't get clear about how you want to contribute and connect with your own kids, you'll be swallowed up by the rest of the world that's going to tell you that you're not enough. So those are some things that I have learned as a parent, as an entrepreneur, as someone who loves both of those worlds. I'd love my kids more, but I still love being an entrepreneur and I have not lost myself. If anything, I have catapulted a business in a new season of growth and I never saw that as possible. But now that I'm a mom and I've done this for several years now and I'm, I'm about to have another one, I can tell you it is possible. It's possible to grow and it's possible to scale, but you have to redefine what thriving looks like in each new season. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so thankful to have the space where I can share things that are a little bit more in depth and a little bit more personal than YouTube. Um, and so if you have thoughts, you have things that you see us doing in our life, in our business, and you don't understand them, or you want to learn more about them, or you would like me to speak about how they came to be, please let me know. Send us an email, shoot us, shoot us a, a message, and let us know how we can serve you best in this place. Have a great day.